It's my privilege today to welcome a very special guest speaker to Kingwood, uh, Brother Jeff Hartensfeld. He, he was a missionary in Indonesia for 23 years and has served for the last 10 years in leadership with the Assemblies of God World Missions. Um, he is presently serving as the regional director for an area that we call Asia Pacific, and it consists of 40 nations and Pacific islands uh, on the continent of Asia, and he oversees and trains and supports the work of over 375 missionaries. Uh, I can't wait to hear what's on his heart this morning, and we're going to hear from him in just a moment, but we want to begin his time this morning by sharing a video with you that shows you the challenges and the opportunities of ministry in this region. There is a sound. Can you hear it? It searches, searches for those that will listen. Drifting, distant, desperate. It whispers in the ears of those that believe. It shouts in the streets, straining to be heard through the overwhelming noise. Can you hear us? The collective cry of fallen humanity, devoid of a savior. Centuries have passed without hope. We live here, hidden in the far away places. Our land, strange. Our culture, a mystery. Our hearts, empty. Our people cling to anything that resembles truth. But what we seek remains out of reach. Our brutal spirits on the edge of breaking. Our prayers unanswered. Our gods stay silent. We are the never reached. We are still waiting. We hear a sound. It echoes in our ears. It wakes us in our sleep. A voice in the wilderness. A message 2,000 years old. A final command. Go. A simple but profound directive from a saving God. With our victory assured, we journeyed to the ends of the earth. We climbed mountains, trekked through jungles, landed on forgotten islands, searching. Many have received, but far too many still remain. Too many haven't heard, too many don't know. This unfinished task is our urgent kingdom mission, chosen, Seen, heard, called. Can you hear them? Nations, cities, tribes, people. They are the never reached. They've waited long enough. There is a sound. Can you hear it? All right. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's great to be with you here on this Sunday. Did you like that video? Our, our missionaries took all the footage of that video and put it all together. So um, the people that took those pictures and, 
and, and took the, that footage all live among, you know, those that they took the pictures of. So um, we just wanted to share that with you and let you know that our heart and our passion is to reach those that have never had an opportunity in all of history. So not just even in their lifetime, but in all of history, not had a chance to hear the gospel. And so thank you for welcoming me, welcoming me to your beautiful church campus. And welcome also to those that are watching online. Thank you for inviting me into your house or your car or from wherever you're watching me. So uh, just really great to, to be with you here this morning. And it's been the privilege of my, my family and I to serve in missions now for over 30 years. Um, I can just tell you that it's been literally an adventure of a lifetime. Uh, I never imagined as a kid growing up. You know, I used to say I was a nobody going nowhere doing nothing <laughs> when Jesus got a hold of my life, okay? So when Jesus gets a hold of you, some crazy and wild and amazing things can happen when Jesus is in your heart and in your life. And I know many of you have experienced him and know him as your Lord and Savior. But, you know, this morning I want to obviously share a message on missions, but can I just say that I think in the spiritual realm that the fact that today is your missions day and that the world is where it's at right now is something that's really important here. I, I don't think we should lose sight of the idea that even though you do this annually, that, you know, about two weeks ago, you know, uh, we had a, an invasion bringing us on the verge of World War III. I don't know if we like to think about that, but, you know, a week ago, you know, Russia put its nuclear forces on standby. All right, so we got to win the world to Jesus, right, before it all falls apart. We're coming to the end of a, a, a uh, we hope to be coming to the end of, a, of what the world is referred to as a pandemic. And whatever your thoughts are on that, it has had an impact on us, right? And so what's going on in the world and what does it mean as it relates to missions? So as I prepared the message today, I wanted to encourage you about missions, but I also felt like I needed to deliver a word from the Lord. So I had a few thoughts a number of weeks ago that I want to read to you that's going to kind of act as a springboard into the missions message that I want to share with you today. So... How are we to stay on mission in this new global era? Because no matter what, whether you're living here in this part of Alabama or wherever you're from, if you're watching online, I want you to know that the mission begins in Jerusalem. It begins right here in the town you live in, in the state that you live in. And missions is not just for those packing up and going to a foreign country, but the mission trajectory that Jesus placed us on took us, uh, took his disciples from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that missions trajectory is still something that we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ need to count ourselves a part of. And so, 
How are we to stay on missions and stay on mission in this new global era? If you haven't noticed, things are changing. (laughs) Please don't answer my question by saying, well, Brother Jeff, when things get back to normal, we can get back on mission because the word of the Lord for us is that things are not going to get back to normal and the new normal is already here. We are entering something that I want to refer to as the age of disruption. Culture has been disrupted. Weather has been disrupted. Politics have been disrupted. Our health has been disrupted. The security of borders have been disrupted. And I wrote that before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Should I go on? Travel has been disrupted. Our freedoms have been disrupted. The way we do church has been disrupted. The way we disciple people has been disrupted. And I could go on, but I also want you to know that not only do I feel like we are entering the age of disruption and that disruption will be the new normal going ahead, I'm here to tell you that with this disruption will come a greater dependency on the Holy Spirit of God to complete his mission. Because you see, you know, what, what's, what we've landed in, in in this modern age is if we're sick, we can go to the doctor and he'll take care or she'll take care of things for us. If we're in trouble financially, we've got credit cards. We've got homes we can remortgage. There's things that we can do on our own to keep our heads above water. But the kind of disruption that's coming is going to create a dependency on the Holy Spirit that you're going to need and that the people of your community are going to need, and that the world is going to need and seek after. The age of disruption is upon us, and the Holy Spirit of God is going to be in our lives and in the lives of people around the world in the days ahead. You know, when I was writing down the, the, the date 2022, Well, if you haven't noticed, not only am I a missionary, but I'm like, I like to hear from the Spirit of God, you know, on a regular basis. So I hope you're hearing from Him daily as you read the Word and pray. But, you know, as as I wrote down the numbers 2022, I was arrested. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me was all those twos mean multiplication. So if in this church last year there were two miracles, you can expect it to be multiplied by two, by two, and by two. If there were salvations last year, this age of disruption is going to be an age of multiplication where more people are going to be saved. We're also in an era of multiplication if we'll allow the living God to do the things that he wants to do in our lives. You know, the title of my message today is Ready, Set, Launch. You know, when the, when the church was first launched, they were living in a time and in an era where they were ready for some kind of change to take place. Do you know that the coming presence of the Spirit of God back on the day of Pentecost created some disruptions in the known world that have lived until today? 
We are at a moment in history where we are ready for a ready, set, launch experience. And I want to bring you back to Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 to 10. I'm going to read those verses to you. They should be up on the screen as I read them, but Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, and if you're at home or watching online or wherever you are, you may want to pull these verses up on your device, or if you still carry a paper Bible, hallelujah, you can open that up again, you know, because if the internet ever gets disrupted, we're going to need those paper Bibles, so don't get rid of them quite yet, all right? I said it's the age of disruption. Boy, if the internet disrupted, that would bring on revival. I know it would, hallelujah, all right. I could go on with that, but I'll let it stay there. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my first book to you, Theophilus, and, and let me just make a note here that for those of you that are maybe new to Christianity or just discovering, you know, the Bible for the first time, these books of the Bible weren't just theological treatises. This was a story that a that a, a physician named Luke was writing to his friend named Theophilus who had questions about how did this all get started. So here we are. In my first book to you, Theophilus, about everything, uh, in my first book to you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. And I'm going to read verse 11. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. May God add his blessing to the word this morning. There's three things I want to talk about as it relates to Ready, Set, Launch that will help us as we continue to be on mission, both personally here in the town and the place where we live and around the world. As I read those scriptures, I want to remind you that you are under obligation for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jesus wanted us involved in every aspect of the mission. 
Now, can you imagine the disciples and Jesus are together, and Jesus is about to ascend up into heaven, and he delivers his last words to them. And of course, you know, it's their responsibility now to bring the gospel to the entire planet. Just think about this a minute. You know, imagine if we locked ourselves into the church here and, you know, we're kind of circular and things spun around and all of a sudden we landed back in the year 00 or 33 and Jesus is ascending up into heaven and he says, okay, Kingwood Church, nobody in the whole entire world knows about what just happened here. It's your responsibility to do this. We'd be like, you picked the wrong people. No, I'm busy. I, I got to work next week. No, what you don't understand, Lord, is I've got a lot of debts to pay, or I got to make sure I make a payment, or, you know, wait a second, bring me back to where I was. You know, the disciples are looking around at each other, and they're saying, okay, <laughs> this is it. It's just us. Now, it was a lot of work to do, obviously. If, if we were given a task like that, we'd be like, hey, let's get to work right away. But instead of doing that, when it comes to ready, set, launch, when Jesus wanted his mission launched, he launched his mission with prayer. That's my first point today, is that Jesus launched his mission with prayer. Now, don't turn me off, okay? You know, how many sermons have you heard on prayer, right? Prayer is hard. I, I just want to let you know that it's not easy to get up. I, I, I've been writing some articles on prayer recently, and I said, you know, when I was first a Christian, you know, my, my disciple or the guy discipling me said, you need to pray an hour every day. I'm a teenager, you know, and, and so the first morning, you know, I get up, I get on my knees next to my bed, I'm a new Christian, and I prayed for every aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent, neighbor, friend, everything I could, and I look at my watch, and four minutes has gone by, and I'm like, okay, let me start the list over again, <laughs> So, but what happened here was instead of going out and starting the mission, the disciples went back to Jerusalem and they prayed. I want you to know that when I talk about an age of disruption, when I talk about a day and a time where we're going to see the world reached for Jesus, it won't happen unless we intercede on our knees for God to change the hearts of men and women around the world. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, a following verse, it says, and um, it says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But this is, I'm sorry, Luke 24, 49. I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Acts 1.14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Okay, now the message gets a little hard. Um, in our modern age, we have lost the ability and the art of tarrying before the Lord. We have. I, I, I'm going to maybe, you know, talk about a few things that have caused that. But, but I want you to know that when I served in Indonesia, um, I, I learned to pray. 
I mean, I prayed before I left, but I really learned to pray. So um, when Liz and I were first starting out in the ministry, we were stationed in uh, on the island of Bali. Okay, now I don't want you to like think poorly of us, you know. The island of Bali at the time, you know, you've got three million people. And when we were stationed there, there was one Assembly of God church with 12 people. There were no other churches either. I just want you to know, it wasn't like, well, you know, everybody else is doing so well. All the other denominations have lots of people. No, no, no. There was nothing. So we got stationed on the island of Bali, and God began to move, and, and you know, uh, people began to get saved. And on Ascension Day, the church had a church picnic, okay? So we're on the equator, by the way. So, you know, you think it's hot down here in Alabama. Let me tell you, the equator's got another whole level of hot, you know? And so we're at church picnic all day long on the equator, having a good time, and I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And we get back to the city where the church was, and the pastor says, are you coming out for prayer tonight? I'm like, oh, there's a prayer meeting, (laughs) you know? Church scheduling was not in the Bible school curriculum, I guess, you know. And, of course, you're thinking to yourselves, okay, how much church can you do in one day? You're coming out to prayer tonight, and I'm, I'm a good soldier. So my wife and I soldiered up, and we went to prayer meeting that night, and I didn't even know what the prayer meeting was for. But, man, they were going at it for a couple hours saying, God, pour out your spirit. Lord, you know, do something great in our city. You know, Lord, touch us. And so, you know, we prayed for a couple hours, and now I'm like doubly, triply exhausted, and I'm, you know, my hands are on the ground, and I'm dragging my way out the door, and the pastor goes, are you coming to prayer tomorrow night? And I'm like, there's prayer again tomorrow night? He goes, no. There's prayer every night for the next 10 days. And I'm like, well, why? And he said, well, if it took the apostles 10 days to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, should we expect anything less today? And I thought, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Somebody asked me how we saw church growth happen in the nation of Indonesia as we pastored churches. I said, yeah, I, there's a lot of things I could talk to you about, but the one thing that made the difference above everything else was every year from Ascension to Pentecost, we canceled all church activities. We canceled everything we were doing, and we came out, and we prayed and said, God, move on our behalf. Lord, pour out your spirit. That church in Bali is now a 1,000 people. Did you know we now have about 24 churches on that island in different places? with people preaching and telling others about Jesus. And it's because we took time out every year to cry out to the Lord and put aside our busy schedules, put aside the things that we think are important and get on our knees and cry out to God for his power, to cry out to God to do something and move on our behalf. We need that here in the United States today. Jesus launched his mission with prayer, and I can only encourage you that you would set aside the time, that you would set down your phone, that you would, I almost think it'd be more important for us in our modern era to fast from social media than to fast from food. And, and I'm, a, I'm on social media, so I'm not against those things, but sometimes it calls out to us. 
It takes our thoughts away from Jesus. It takes our, our heart away from the power of the living God. And so I want you to know that Jesus launched this mission with prayer. The disciples were together and were constantly united in prayer to see a move of God. And oh, that God would move in the same way. And I want to just to say as well that as, you're, that, that as you take on prayer and as you take a more devoted part of prayer, that you would also pray that God God would move around the world. I know you go on missions trips. I know that you support missionaries, but I wonder what would happen if instead of just praying for our own town and our own city, we took on a country, we took on a people group and said, God, move on their behalf. I wonder if God wouldn't answer those prayers. Second thing Jesus launched this mission with was power. He launched his mission with power. Uh, I'm not going to take a lot of time here, but I just want you to know that when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just so that we can speak in tongues or have those kinds of experiences. It's so that we can be empowered to complete the mission of God that he's called us to. This great disruption that's going to take place and the great outpouring of the Spirit of God on your life is not going to be for inside the walls of this building, but it's going to be for out in the streets. It's going to be for at, in your workplace, in your families, in the hospital, in the school, or wherever it is. I, I don't have time to, to, to talk a lot about different things, but just recently I preached in North Carolina, and the outpouring of the Spirit on the church was so powerful and so heavy for three services that they had to call out the North Carolina state troopers to manage the traffic. Wouldn't it be great if the police department had to come here because there was such a move of God? Let's bring the move of God out into the streets and the places where God is pouring out His Holy Spirit. I'm moving on quickly, but the last thing Jesus launched this mission with was people. Three Ps, easy to remember. Prayer, power, and people. Jesus launched this mission with people. You know, sometimes I wonder to myself why he's asked us to complete the mission, right? Would you agree with me that it would just be a whole lot easier if Jesus took the stars and arranged them to say in the sky, Jesus is Lord, right? And then we could say to all those doubters out there, uh, huh, just look up and see what's going on up there. Some, for some strange reason, <laughs> you go back to Luke 24 as well, for some strange reason, he's asked us to do it. Now, he's not leaving us without power. I, I, I didn't unpack that a lot, but that the, the, the Spirit of God, the power is on us. But for some strange reason, he has asked us. And, and by the way, the baton has been handed from generation to generation. You know, what's at risk for you here in, in this state and in your town is that as you see the expansion of the gospel from the, the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem to the Middle East and North Africa and Europe, and now here in the United States, that there is a wave of doubt, that there is a wave of unbelief, that there is a wave of turning away from the Lord in history. Don't let it be that our country, that you here, 
here will be the generation that can't pass it on to the next generation. It can't go on our record as such. He needs people. Jesus took a group of 12 disciples and about 100 and other 20 uh, other men and women, and he walked with them for three years, and they've literally changed the world. And so when I say Jesus launched his mission with people, firstly, those people told others the message. You know, as we share the message around as missionaries and and. and a lot of times missionaries will ask me, you know, well, how did you survive in a Muslim country for 23 years without getting kicked out? I, I, it's a very simple answer. I always tell people I, I stuck to a two-part message no matter where I was. Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. If you read through the book of Acts, Every, you know, it's like Peter and Paul preached the same message over and over and over again. And that message was, by the way, that person you crucified, Jesus, Son of God, forgave your sins. And number two, he rose again from the dead. Even when Paul was a prisoner in Acts 26, and there was a prisoner exchange between the governors, the governor goes, yeah, I'm giving you this prisoner named Paul. I don't know much about him. He just believes that a guy named Jesus rose again from the dead. He believes there's this dead guy that came back to life. He didn't hand Paul over and say, well, he was involved in Roman politics. Hello? He was on social media criticizing people. Well, they didn't have social media, but you know what I'm saying. He had two messages. Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. Church, Kingwood Church, when you go out of the walls here today, stay on message. When people ask you about the controversies of the day, it's an easy answer. I don't know much about that. I just know that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. You know, I, I don't have a lot of time to tell the whole story, but, you know, when, when I was uh, arrested one time, so, you know, uh, and you can tell I'm not like jail material, you know, so I was pretty scared. So I'm in jail, and, and they're bringing in all kinds of false witnesses and things, you know, but the false witnesses, you know, well, they were trying to, you know, pin a, a blasphemy charge on me, but the people they brought in had the same thing. No, the only thing he says is that Jesus is the Son of God and died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead. No, he hasn't talked about our prophet. He hasn't talked about our book. He hasn't talked about our religion. He hasn't talked about the government. He hasn't talked about the issues of the day. He just keeps saying, Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And I looked at the police captain, and I said, I'll go to jail for that. You can take me out for that message because I'll stand behind it. That other stuff, no. But that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. They told people the message, and then they gave to that. You know, the New Testament, the book of Acts is full of people who got behind the message. When Paul and Barnabas went out in Acts chapter 13, when they needed offerings to run, you know, the, the, the feeding program for the widows and the orphans, um, you know, throughout the New Testament, there was people that would take what God had blessed them with and lay it at the apostles' feet for the expansion of the gospel outside of Jerusalem and bringing the word to place and people that have never heard. You know, here's the word of the Lord for all, for the church here, that many of you, you know, you've made a missions commitment in the past, but if you never have, 
Don't go out with that meal today not having made an investment in the kingdom of God. The stock market will fail at some point. Cryptocurrency will fail at some point. Investment in bringing the gospel around the world is the investment. See, when you stand before Jesus, he's not going to say, so how did your portfolio do anyway? What did you end up with? Oh, well done now, good and faithful servant. You had a, a good balance at the end of the day. We need to invest in planting churches in places where they've never been planted among people that are hearing the gospel for the first time. I could start to give you some of the staggering statistics of, of places that are out there still that have never heard the gospel in all of human history. I was sharing with Pastor... <clears throat> Uh, Pastor Jay and Pastor Clark last night that in the country of Thailand alone, we were eating in Bessemer, and I said, how big is Bessemer? And he said, maybe about 20,000 or so in population. I said, there are 5,440 towns just like this in Thailand that have never had a church in all of human history. They're still waiting for the first person to come. Those are the kinds of investments we need as a church because Jesus is coming soon. And he wants a harvest of all peoples everywhere. And my final plea to you this morning is he launched his mission with people and there were some who went. There were some who went. So I'm looking around trying to get view, you know, up in the, in the balcony area and on the floor here, those of you watching online. Maybe while I've been speaking, something's been burning in your heart. And maybe when you heard the words at, to the end of the earth, you said, no, that's me. I don't know what it is. Something is burning inside of me that's going to bring me beyond the borders of my town, beyond the borders of my state, beyond the borders of my country, because those 5,440 towns can't go unplanted. Are there, I want to go to some of those places. God is speaking to you this morning. You know, if, if pastor came on stage and said, Brother Jeff, here's a check for a million dollars. For the work, the mission work. Here's a check for a million dollars. Or here's 12 of Kingwood Church's finest people. But you can only choose one. You, 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 can, you can choose the funds or you can choose the people, but you can only choose one. I want you to know that without hesitation, all day long, I would take 12 of Kingwood's finest people to come and say, I want to serve. I want to cross that cultural gap. I want to cross the language gap. I was talking in pastor's office ahead of time. How do we reach these people? Well, it takes more than just a video or a sermon. It takes somebody to come down and live among them and say, look, this is kind of what Jesus looked like. It's what God has called us all to do. There are people like that out there serving right now. I want to thank you for supporting them. I want to thank you for uh, taking on five new couples, uh, five new people that are going to be going out to 
tell people about the Lord and that great message that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. I want you to just stand to your feet a minute. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. Pastor's going to come in just a minute and give you some instructions on your faith promise card. But let's just take one moment before the Lord. Jesus, we love you so much, God. Jesus. Are you ready for the age of disruption? Are you ready for an age of greater dependency on the Holy Spirit? You see, he's saying surrender. Surrender your life. I know, and I know many of you here, those of you watching online, many of you are saying, no, I'm, I'm already a Christian. I, I do believe. But, but maybe there's parts of your life that you haven't really fully surrendered to the Lord. And this isn't about getting saved. This is about surrendering to the Lord. You see, the disciples surrendered in prayer to the Lord. They surrendered as they walked around, and then God did acts of power through them. And they surrendered their message for his message. They surrendered their finances by laying them at the feet of the apostles so the work could go on. They surrendered then their entire lives, no matter what the cost. Oh, God, help us surrender today. Right now, as just as I, cl I close in this prayer, can I just ask you in your heart that you would surrender to the Lord right now? Whatever he's asking you to surrender, a portion of your finances, a part of your time for prayer, a, a dependency upon him for everything. Lord Jesus, I just ask in your holy name that, Lord, you would speak to everyone that's here, everyone watching online right now. Lord, I ask that you would bring us to a place of surrender before we have to. That, Lord, as the age of disruption arises, that, Lord, as, as surrender is asked of us, we'll be able to say, Lord, I gave that up a long time ago. I turned it over to you. Lord, help us to be on mission in these last days. Help us to be on mission as we await your soon return. Help us to be able to say, Lord, yes, we invested in your kingdom work outside of our own local church. And Lord, if you're calling somebody here today who's not yet said completely yes to you, Lord, I pray they wouldn't leave this place without talking to me or one of the pastors and saying, no, that was me. Thank you, Lord, of the harvest that you're calling workers, oh God. And you're calling workers right here among Kingwood Church. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today. Bless your word. Let it be a seed planted in our hearts, growing much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jeff.
before you're seated, would you just reach over in your seat and pick up the commitment card that we've left for you? Would you just have a seat for a moment? Well, I appreciate that message so much. Do you, do you appreciate that message? Wasn't that, wasn't that powerful? When he was talking about, you know, God moving and calling people, my mind went back, for those of you who've been around Kingwood a few years, to um, just two or three years ago, one of our own pastors on staff, during a pastoral prayer time, and then during the uh, series we did on the book of Acts, heard the Holy Spirit stir, he and his wife heard that stirring, and a call to church planting, and they're in Huntsville today, they planted that church, Pastor Joel and Lindsay. So I know in moments like these, the Holy Spirit speaks. And I know He moves and I know He calls. Would you just take a moment and, and look at the card that we've provided for you? And if you're online, um, in a couple of minutes, a QR code is going to appear online. You can scan it. And so you can look at the same thing that we're looking at. At the top, it just says celebrating 104 missionary partnerships in 45 nations. And you can see the map. Um, the larger the dot the more missionary partnerships we have in that part of the world. But that'll give you an idea of the scope of the partnerships that we share. Now, uh, you, you might not know this, but um, 2% of all missionary giving in America, only 2%, goes to the most unreached parts of the world. So 98% of missionary giving in America goes to... Um, the, the parts of the world that already have had some witness and may have a church and may have a missionary. Um, our heart really was drawn by the Holy Spirit to the never reached five or ten years ago, and we've been making great progress uh, in our own support. So although it's 2% in America in, at Kingwood Church, 20% of our missionary giving goes toward the unreached places in the world. So we've made a lot of great headway, and we're so excited about that, but we want to do more. And so here's what we're going to do is, as the reason that we invited uh, Pastor Jeff to come is because he oversees uh, so many of the countries and efforts in the world and regions of the world that, that have no gospel witness. And so we knew he would have partnerships there, and we just asked them, could you give us um, some priority missionaries that you feel could most benefit in this season from having more support. And uh, he gave us a great, a great variety. So um, what we're going to do today, before I even ask you what you're going to do, is a church by faith, because we are in an age of disruption, we're going to go ahead and commit to take five missionary families on. And let me tell you where they are. They're going to be in the Philippines, Vietnam, Japan, Fiji, and Mongolia. We've already made a commitment to... Now, we don't have the money to support them. <laughs> but by faith, we made the commitment that we're going to do it. Because we feel there's an urgency in the world today, and we felt like that's what God wanted us to do. So, here's your part now. If you, if you hear that call... We want you to take a step of faith with us and say, I want to be part of sending the gospel to the places in the world where it's never gone. So, I want to tell you one thing I've learned about this whole deal, okay? 
When I was uh, 22 years old and my wife and I had been married less than a year, we went to a Christian concert. And you were just at a Christian concert. Yeah, you know, just kind of went to jam out. It's what a young couple does, you know, on the weekend. And in the middle of this concert, we didn't know this was going to happen, a missionary came and shared for about five or ten minutes and shared what their mission was. And my heart was so stirred in that moment. I said, my goodness, I, I, I mean, here we are, you know. I feel like we should do something to help. I feel like the Holy Spirit's stirring me. And I, I, we were newly married. I didn't even know how to have that conversation with my wife. But here's what I did know. I was a full-time college student. And I worked a part-time job, and my wife worked in a tea room, and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. But I just said, I don't know. I just feel like God wants us to be part of that. And we, we need to invest. And, and, and she said, I do too. So, so we started, we pledged $25, and we gave $25 a month to that ministry for seven years. And there's never been a season of our married life from that moment till now that we weren't part of the missionary work on earth with our own giving and sometimes we go on trips and let me tell you what I learned okay that I didn't know right then I thought what investing in missions was about I thought it was about money I thought it was about what you could give I thought it was about how I look at what we had and our expenses and we had no idea what we we're going to do when I graduated college if we'd even have a job and I thought it was about budget you know what I learned through those years it's not about budget it's about heart it's about heart because if it's in your heart you'll find a way to do something you will you'll find a way to do something because we had uh, so little but I said, God, I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I had an opportunity to make a difference and I made no difference. I want to make a difference. Here's what I promise you. I promise you. There'll never be a human on earth that looks back from eternity and says, I wish I would have given less to spread the gospel on the earth and I wish I would have spent more on like vacation or movies or sports. We don't even know if in a hundred years, I know this will be a shock to Alabama and Auburn fans, but I'll go ahead and say it. We don't even know in a hundred years if football will exist. If I, were to, if I were to give you an option to buy two cars, this car will last 10 years, it costs $20,000. This car will last 100 years, and it costs $20,000, the exact same price. You'd say, give me the car that lasts 100 years. Why? Because you get more for your dollar. You get more for your investment. Almost everything we spend our money on on this earth is temporary. But you can give to be a part of something that will last for eternity. And in heaven, we'll gather around and probably sing that song all around in every language. And we'll never regret moments like these when we said, God, I have the heart. I want to be part of it. So that's what I want to ask you to consider. If you'll look on the card... On the front is a place for you to give us your name, your email, and your phone number. Very simple. And we're just going to reply to you and say, hey, thanks for communicating with us. 
If there's anyone that doesn't have a card, you could, uh, our ushers are in the back. You can wave for a minute and we'll make sure you get one. On the back, there are three options. A new commitment. In other words, somebody who says, I've never given to missions. This may be your moment that we had when I was at a Christian concert when I was 22. This may be your moment where you hear for the first time as I did. I'd never heard before. And if this is that moment for you that you're hearing the Holy Spirit say, I want you to be involved, then I just want you to put what that amount is. $25 in 1993, I don't know what that is in today's dollars. It's not $25. But if, but if we did it, you can do it. If we did something, you can do something. The second option is increased commitment. So maybe you say, hey, I hear you. You got five families we want to send and we're going to send them somehow. We want to be part of that. So we're going to actually increase what we've been giving. This is a one, a one year commitment or a renewed commitment where you say, um, look, maybe you say I've been given to missions a year, five years, 10 years, whatever. I, I want to speak specifically to you for a moment because the tendency is to say, man, I give the church knows I give. I don't have to say, you know what I believe? I believe when you take that pen in your hand and you write your name down and you write the amount down, I think something spiritual happens. When we write things down, something happens to us. It becomes real and it becomes important and we renew our, we renew, something's renewed in us. So I'm going to ask you if you've already been giving and you're going to renew that, I'm just going to ask you to write it down. Because I, I, I think it's going to make a big difference. For those of you online, in, in just a moment, we're going to sing a worship song together. And after that, Pastor Jeff and I are actually going to be um, in the studio. And we've got, we want to spend three or four minutes talking to you. And so I want to invite you to stay online after this song because we want to take a minute just to, just to share with you. Would you stand with me this morning? And as you're filling those cards out, in a, in a, after the song, we're going to give you a way to receive those. But I want to introduce someone to you. Um, Isabella Waldrop is here this morning, and she is a brand new missionary associate to South Africa. And uh, we've invited her to, yeah, give her a hand. Welcome her. We're glad to have her. And so we've invited her to come and pray for us um, that God would touch her heart. Isabella, would you pray? Absolutely. So, Jesus, first of all, I want to thank you for already meeting us here, God. God, thank you for your presence that we felt in this room during worship and during the word, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you begin to stir our hearts, Lord Jesus, that you begin to speak to us about where and how much you want us to sow into your kingdom and to sow into eternity, Lord Jesus. Because we may never get to meet the people that we have the opportunity to help impact through our giving, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you just get into us the urgency and the gravity of the gospel. God, these people need Jesus, and God has asked us to be a part of that. And God, thank you for choosing us to be a small part of reaching the world for you, Jesus. God, I pray you bless the gift today. God, multiply it, Jesus. Get it where it needs to go. Get it to these missionaries who will use it for your glory, Lord Jesus. God, bless the giver today. God, I pray you just bless them and their finances and just multiply their giving. In Jesus' name I pray.
coming and we're